your browser on us here for IE Firefox Chrome Safari. So get on it. Get on the Crystal Show right now. I am Crystal Hickerson, and I would like to welcome you all to the Crystal Show. There's too many free meals out here, folks. Hey, look, let me pick something. I want the cheddar biscuits. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be nice. We're going to talk. We're going to get real down and dirty. Hi, guys. My name is Bessie. You're on the Crystal Show. I didn't call for you to make fun of me. I, 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 I was not, a problem. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you and a little bit at you. People say, well, don't talk about religion and politics. I say, right. yes, talk about it. Talk about it. Because what do you want to go to a boring cocktail party? <laughs> I don't like her. I mean, how how old are we? What grade are we in? One man, American crime wave. Because the feds knew. Y'all might have to come back because that's going to be a whole different show altogether. That's what I'm talking about. Alright? Make some noise. Make some noise. Make some noise. Make some noise. Alright, everybody. Welcome to the Christmas Crystal Show with Dre. And we are here with a little treat for you today. We're here with Daddy Rich. What's up, Daddy Rich? What's going on? I'm chilling. Now, Daddy Rich is no stranger to the Crystal Show. He has been on before, and we have definitely been playing his music all weekend. And um, he's a Tennessee rapper, and we'd like to introduce him once again to those who don't know. So now you do know. So what's been going on, Daddy Rich? Man, we've been in, in in the lab cooking up some stuff for you, you know, kind of like that Oak Ridge experiment, uh, you know, the atomic bomb's coming. Just wait. <laughs> we got something good for you, some treats. Okay. Well, you have brought a uh, new artist online with us. Please introduce your artist, and let's get introduced to him. All right, all right, Radio World. Check this out. This is Jay Bands, the hottest rapper down south right now. Y'all ain't heard of him yet, but you will. Just as soon as you hear these songs that he's got coming, they're hot, 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 man. He's a good dude, man. He's from Panama City, and I'm going to let him tell you everything else. What up, what up? Bands in this. How y'all doing out there? I appreciate the uh, the uh, the kind words, and Crystal, I appreciate you having us. Oh, no problem. Now, Bands, now tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, are you from Tennessee as well? Um, I, listen, I, I'm originally from Panama City, Florida. Uh, right. Born and raised in Panama City on the beach. I'm a beach boy. Uh, yeah. I moved to Tennessee. Let's see, I was forced to move to Tennessee by my parents when I was about 15. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been back and forth in between Panama City and Knoxville pretty much since I was 15 years old. So for about the last about, you know, 10 years or so, 12 years, I've been back and forth in between Panama City quite a bit and pretty much everywhere all over the South since I started doing this music thing about 10 years ago. I've been taking a lot of places, but I call Tennessee home, but uh, I call Panama City home as well. So I kind of, uh, I got two, uh, got my roots down in two different states, trying to put them in all 50, <laughs> but you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know, it's funny that you are and I kind of have a something in common. I was uh, born in New York and I was forced to move to Tennessee <laughs> when I was oh, about, I <laughs> about when I was about twelve yeah. or thirteen. So now there's anything wrong with Tennessee people. Okay. No, it was just a culture shock. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just oh a real God. culture shock. Culture shock. 
Okay. Yeah, big time, big time. When you come from a big city, or you know, Panama City Beach isn't a real big city, but it's big culture-wise, and it's big. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, all the up-to-date fashions, and you know, you're at the beach, at the tourist attraction, and you know, when being a kid from the beach, you know, I walked in. I came to Tennessee, and when, the part of Tennessee I came to is the sticks, man. I mean, like the sticks. <laughs> so I walked into school, and like the whole school was about as big as our lunchroom. You know what I mean? Wow. I was freaking out. I went home the first day. I was like, nah, take me back. I, uh-uh, this ain't happening. But <laughs> the good thing about that is it, it, it was instant popularity because I was a kid from the beach. And uh-huh. where I had been picked on kind of as, as a kid growing up in Panama City, um, it kind of elevated me, uh, you know, elevated my mind that, hey, like these, like these, they, they think I'm cool because I'm from the beach. Like that's the only, like you, I just got to be from the beach and I'm cool up here. Like I ain't got to have, you know, $100 shoes on and be, you know, up, you know what I mean? I, I didn't have to do that. So it was kind of, it helped me in the same mm-hmm. sense that, uh, you know, I didn't really like it. But now that I look back, I'm so glad I did because it's made me, it's, it's made me who I am today and it's allowed me to have, you know, I thank my mom. Well, when, when they did it, I was not happy with my, with my parents at all. But now I'm, you know, I, I thank them all the time for for doing what they did because they got me out of a place that probably would have done nothing good and they brought me to a mm-hmm. place that was in the sticks so I didn't have I had to pick up something to make my you know I had to get to make stuff past the time and luckily that was a pen and a pad so it uh I turned to music and you know I mean up here there was no support you just didn't you know and that was another thing too like right. coming from Panama City all I'd ever heard was rap music like I was down you know I was and I came up here and now everybody listened to country and I was just like whoa what is going on like I don't know what to do so my way out of expressing myself was through the pencil and the pen and it's 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 worked out very well I never really uh I wish that I had picked up everything a little bit sooner. Uh, I wish that I had not waited. You know what I mean? I, I've always written poetry and written stuff my whole, you know, my whole life and stuff, but I always, uh, you know, I just never, I never gave myself any credit. You know what I mean? I just thought right. it was too, you know what I mean? There's no chance, you know, I'm a little white dude from the sticks. You know what I mean? I'm from the sticks in Tennessee. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm from Panama city, but I'm a little white dude, sticks in Tennessee. Like, and, and I never gave myself any credit. So I never pursued it. And it just happened one day that I uh, met the right person, and they there were there were a couple guys freestyling, and I just jumped in, and they were like, "Whoa, time out! Where did you come from? What's your name? What do you do? Like, who, what's your rapper name?" I'm like, "I ain't got a rapper name." You know, I didn't have, I didn't know, I'd never been to a studio. They're like, "Where you recorded?" I was like, "I ain't never recorded anywhere." And they're like, "What?" I was like, "No, man." I, and this was about, I guess, ten years ago, nine, ten years ago. And uh, he was like, well, man, come to the studio tomorrow and let's, let's see what you got. And I've been doing it ever since. And I never stopped. I never looked back. Once they told me, man, you, you're like, you're good. You're legit. Like, you're good. What are you doing with your life? You just, you know, I'm a painter on the side. I've been painting houses since I was about 15. So they were like, man, you, you're in the wrong profession, man. You need to be, you need to be slinging words instead of slinging paint. They were like, you need to do it. So I started putting my mind to it and, and, and putting some stuff down. And man, the rest is really, it's just really in the last probably a year and a half, it is really taking off. Like, like it is more than I ever could have dreamed of, and I'm coming hot, and everything that I'm coming with now is fire. I linked up with Daddy Rich, and it's been a wrap since, literally. So it is. So, uh, it's it's been know, good. What kind of music would you say, or what kind of rap? Because you know, rap has many genres within itself. So, what kind of rapper would you say that you are? Who are your inspirations, or my uh, inspirations? Where you get stuff from? <laughs> My inspirations are, uh, I would say my biggest inspiration, because I've been listening to him since I bought his first CD from him. Um, Mm -hmm. I bought his first CD in the mall up here in Tennessee. I ran into him. The kid was selling CDs. And now he's got the number one rap album in the country. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Yo Gotti. 
I am a huge fan okay. of Yo Gotti. I, I like the I like his style. I like his hustle. I like the way he came from nothing and he stayed real and true to himself. Um, my biggest influence, I would say, would have to be to be Yo Gotti, and uh, I definitely follow myself like Ti. I like the I like the yeah. the street rapper. You know, I like the street rappers, but with my style, I've diversified that by taking the street rap with lyrical storytelling rap and kind of meshing it together and putting it to a club beat. So okay. I've kind of got the I've kind of got the Kevin Gates Yo Gotti mixture, you know, style and then uh you know, drop and walk a flock of style beats. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. it's a, you know, you say rap's got many faces, so I just decided yeah. to take four or five of them and put them together and make my own style. And so it's it's coming quite a, you know it's it's coming quite a ways and I, I've I've never switched I've I've never really switched up on my styles or anything I've been writing the same kind of music I can do but all like storytelling I like to do some storytelling stuff but what pays what makes the most money and what and what what people like is that stuff that makes you dance man they, you know they want to move you know you know sitting listening to a song you know if it's a good yeah. storytelling song you can listen to it you know once twice but if you listen you you got a song that'll make you get up and dance and move you listen to it over and over and over and over again. So I, I've, right. I've kind of, I've never switched styles up, but I have definitely refined my craft into what I'm, you know, pursuing and what I'm going after now. All right. So you're more of a, a clubber, club style kind of yeah. music. Now, the um, obvious uh, comparisons would be like a Kid Rock or Eminem, who we have up here in Detroit. Right. So now, right. have you ever gotten that comparison? And what do you think about that? How does that make you feel? Um. I've gotten the Eminem comparison, but usually it's in a derogatory way. You know, oh, here comes the next Eminem. You know what I mean? Oh, here comes another Eminem. You know what I mean? So, and then I get what? up there and they hear me and they're like, whoa, dude, you ain't. <laughs> right. And then they, when I get up there and I spit and perform, they're like, whoa, dude, you kind of are like Eminem. Like, like you, your lyrical ability is really good. Like, we weren't expecting that. You know what I mean? So I have gotten the comparison to, um, but a lot of people say, I, I guess, uh, Fred Durst. That's kind of with Limp Biscuit. Uh, he he was kind okay. of a, okay. a crossover. He mixed kind of rock and rap together. He was one of the first pioneers to really do that. Besides Kid Rock, so right. um, I get a lot of like that. A lot of people say I look like him. Plus, I you know that, that you know I, I kind of have the style like that. The Limp Biscuit, and I do like to do some rock tracks too. You know, I'll do rock. I'll do rap over rock. It don't matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, and uh, so he, uh, <laughs> I get those comparisons. But my main. The, the, the two that I get compared to the most, and I think it's just because of my voice and the way that I rap and my delivery, I get mm-hmm. I get called the white young Jeezy and Yo Gotti, like the white oh, Yo yeah? Gotti and the white young Jeezy. That's 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 like my two. All right. That's two people, <laughs> and 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 I had an industry artist from Universal, to, uh, uh, and an A and R from Universal tell me in Atlanta. I performed. I we I did a showcase. It was over a thousand people there. I was the only white rapper there. Out of fifty, there was fifty performers in three days. I was the only white guy. So I was a little bit intimidated at first, but I thought, well, this is it. This is where I'm going to find out if I belong in this genre. Like this is where it's going to happen. They're either going to boo me off stage or they're going to like you. Sure. One of the two. Right. And I got a standing ovation. I took a hundred CDs, sold out within ten minutes. Like everybody bought one. It was just, it was amazing the reception that I got. So after that trip to Atlanta, like everything, like I started believing in, uh, man, you sound like, you know, you're good. Like, you know, you're just as good as them guys. Like you can do this. And I started believing in that when, when, the, when somebody, you know, a big record label comes up to you and says, Hey, look, we want to work with you. We'd like to sit down and talk with you. You know, we think that you could be the white version of young Jeezy. That kind of really like, that was the first time anybody had ever said that to me, you know, first, okay. you know not the just the comparison, but it was, uh, 
the fact that they that he had told me, hey man, you can be just as big as these guys. You just gotta want it, you know. And that's right. kind of that was kind of the turning point to where I said, okay, now it's time to work because this dude's legit. He's a big A and R, and he wants to talk to me and sit down. And we did. We sat down and talked. We just couldn't come to a, a agreement mm-hmm. on on money wise. Um, but he told me he was like, man, you know, he said I I've, I've been around this industry for a long time, man. He's like, and I look for you to see you big places within the next you know year. He's like, you keep doing what you're doing. If I don't see you again and, and sign you myself, you're gonna get scooped up by somebody. He's like, just keep pushing and keep developing and keep working hard. So I've gotten you know a lot of positive influence. But Rich has Daddy Rich has been a big influence on me. He has believed in me when nobody else did, you know what I mean? And, and not when just when nobody else did, but when others were afraid to believe, you know what I mean? Right. He took a chance on me. It was like, man, you know, he's been around this industry for a long time and he knows a lot. And for him to say, come out and say, look, man, you're the best in Knoxville, period, hands down. There's nobody, don't let anybody tell you any different. He's like, I'll go, I'll fight for that because I'm telling you, you are the best. And when somebody tells you that, it makes it, it kind of it humbled me in the same way because I'm like, man, here's this dude that barely knows me. You know, we we met through uh, somebody through somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. It was like, look, you continue to link up. And you know, when when, when the first time he ever heard me, that's when he was like, bro, you're good. Like you're really good. Like I wasn't expecting how good you know. I and mean, when somebody tells you that, it can give you the big head, big head. But in the same sense, it kind of humbled me because I was like, look, this guy has no idea who I am. You know, never <laughs> met me. He just hears this one thing. And he's like, man, you're really good. I want to work with you it makes you feel good and it made me want to work even more. And ever since that, ever since me and him linked up, man, it's just been work, work all the time. Any spare time we have, we're together trying to figure out how to make this happen. So well, I, I believe with hard work not, and determination, it's, it's right around the well, corner. He's daddy. He's daddy rich. <laughs> that's right. Now, that's what I, I tell him. That's it. That's true. <laughs> it's truth. Now, daddy rich. Now, how, how do you feel about it? You know, you've been off. Is that your main thing now, or are you still doing your performing? We are just getting ready to start performing. Uh, We haven't done any. I haven't done any performing in years. But uh, with with, uh, this artist bands, we have put together, we've got some dancers, some local dancers. We're getting ready to do a Hip Hop for Hunger, uh, which is April the 15th. uh, And we're going to put together a good set for that. So... That'll be my first time back in probably ten years doing any performing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so you're mainly, we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> so you're mainly you're you're concentrating on producing and managing at this point. Mostly, yes. Uh, I just the drink and smoke was a song that I wrote, so I figured I did the hook, and there was no need of changing it and putting someone else's voice on it because it may not sound right. So I mm-hmm. just went ahead and rolled with that. After that song's over with, and we have one more, The Nutty Buddy. Once that those two are done, then I'll be strictly just doing production for bands and a couple of other guys that we have coming up in the uh, camp. Uh. Did you lose him? Yeah. Okay. Hello? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, then where can we find J-Bands? And let me get the name uh, spelled correctly. Now, now right. what's your name, Bands? I, yeah, it, I have dropped the J. That was kind of when I was younger. I went by because I had another guy in our little camp that I used to rap with, and he had his name, his first name 
was uh, Josh also, and he had a J, he, he called himself Jay Smooth, and I called okay. myself Jay Bands, and we, and we were you know so I changed when I moved to, when I when I started doing this for real about two years ago, I really started putting every ounce of energy I had into it. I changed it to just Bands, B A N D Z, and so that's um you can look me up on uh on Facebook yeah uh, it's still um it's still under J Bands, but I, I just tell her but you can type in Bands come straight up. Uh, I also um. On Instagram, it's your girl's favorite rapper, and girls is spelled with a Z. Okay. Um, we're working girl. on our SoundCloud, and yeah, your girl's favorite rapper, and girls is okay. spelled with a Z. Um, All right. We're working on our on our other websites and stuff right now. Um, I've been performing, you know, I've, I've been like I said, been performing for about the past four or five years, hardcore, like really doing shows, like show after show after show, and I've done, you know, I've got quite a few booked up. Um, for this next coming up month, he uh, Rich mentioned the hip-hop for hunger, and that's a big thing here in Knoxville. There's a lot of homeless people and a lot of hungry people in Tennessee and in and, and the world, I mean, in, in the U.S., but, you know, in the, in the world in general, we're trying to put together something, you know, that mixes the two things we love, which are, you know, music and people. You know what I mean? I'm a people person. Yeah. I love people, all kinds of everybody. I love every person, you know. It, to, for me to not like you, you must have done something really bad because I love everybody. You know what I mean, and I, I try to touch everybody that I come, you know, come in contact with. I try to leave an impression, a good impression. So, you know, with, with what we're doing with this hip hop for hunger, you know, we're, we're raising money to to help all the hungry people in Knoxville, and just you know, a little bit goes a long way, man. And, and you know, I just I've asked all these other, you know, all of the artists that are involved with it to to try to reach out and just say something, say something positive about this event because it's a good event. You know, it's going to help a lot of people. But ten dollars will feed you know five six families. And right. I mean, just anything, you know, anything helps. And we're just trying to do something that, you know, I mean, something for the community and give them, give them a good show too. It'll be mine and daddy rich first show performing together. I know we're going to, you know, I know we are, we are the, it's my first headline as a, as a, as an artist at my first actual headline. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but it, it's like I said, this is the first of many with me and him. He keeps saying when drinking smoke's over. I hate to, I hate to break it to him, but they can push repeat, and that song is never going to be over because it's hot. So it ain't gonna be no it's over. You might be 80 years old and still out there performing with me, but, but you know what I mean. Like I, I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's a hot song. And this, and the thing is, is like I had a bunch of songs before I met Rich. I had hundreds of songs, but I wasn't doing nothing with them. I met Rich. And everything changed. Like I'm doing stuff now. Such a good spot. I'm doing stuff now, and like every it, what we're doing is building, and we're building fast. Like the momentum that I've had it uh, over the past five months has really like just boosted us. And so, like I said, with with the with the radio interviews and the shows that we're with, that we're doing and putting together, it's only a matter of time before you guys are hearing us everywhere, not just on on. Uh, on on your on on your headset on your podcast, you know. I mean, we're gonna be. Well, I, I'm trying to be worldwide. But this year is my year. I've 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 really put out a lot of extra hard work and 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 uh, inf- I've really tried to build my fan base, build my influence, and and really try to start pushing to make something happen this year. Uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of artists that we're trying to bring up. But we're uh, we're just trying to you know me and Rich have a have a it, it's me and him me and him to the end and you know what I'm saying like we, we're. We're mm-hmm. we're both working really really hard trying to do this thing, but it, it seems like the harder I, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say it's kind of hard the harder you try 
and the harder you put yourself out there, the easier it is to get let down and, 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 and be slow about things. So I think, you know, Rich and I have got our blinders on. We're focused. We know what we want to do. And we're investing in our craft every day trying to get better. So I just think it's a matter of time before everybody sees what we're doing and sees the, the movement and the motivation we have. And you can't, we can't, we won't and can't be denied. I like that. All right, now the right. Hip Hop um, for Hunger, that's coming up. Uh, what date is that again? 10th, and it's uh, okay. Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's at the International. All right, we'll definitely promote that. Also, do you have a Thank song you. that um, that you're promoting right now? I do. We have, uh, we, we're promoting Drink and Smoke, which is available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, DatPiff, pretty much every uh, major music outlet um, is, is got that right now. Um, and okay. I've got a, a new one coming. Everybody can be on the lookout for it. It's called Best Believe It, and it is a banger. Best, Best Believe, Believe It. Best believe it, I'm telling you, that is going to, I feel like this is the, I've done, like I said, told you, I've done a lot of songs over the years. This is the first time that I've ever had, Drink and Smoke, I had a little bit of feeling like, man, we're going to do good with this one. This Best Believe It song, like when we recorded it and I come downstairs out of the booth and Rich looked at me and he's got this cringe from ear to ear. He's like, boy, this is it. And I was like, I, I know, like I feel it. This is the one that's going to put me over the top. So. I really do appreciate it, Chris. So I, I really appreciate the interview and, th- and I appreciate the time you taking your time out to to give me a chance to be on your radio show. I really uh, really appreciate it. No, we appreciate you. And hey, any friend of Daddy Rich is a friend of ours. So Daddy Rich, That's what's um, we uh, definitely look forward to you and your artists and definitely bands coming back onto the show and keeping us appraised of what's going on. Yeah, no doubt, man. Be on the lookout for D Guapo, man. We got Guapo coming out soon. We're working at him. He's in the farm league right now, trying to perfect his craft. But he will be coming soon. Uh, we got a song. Uh, oh goodness, what's the name of that song you guys are doing together? Bullshit. Bullshit. And, uh, Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't like it. Yeah, and, uh, it's gonna be good. Like be on the lookout. We got major, major stuff coming. Major stuff coming. All right, well, make sure that when they come out, you give us a ring and we'll play it on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. Uh-huh. Hey, this is Drain. If you want to listen to something really cool, go to the Crystal Show, 9 o'clock Eastern, Log Talk Radio. We'll also live tweet, and if you go to hashtag Get Crystallized, you can join in all the fun. See you Thursday. It's Wild Thing, and you tuned in to the hottest show on the globe, the Crystal Show. Don't go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> What up, Chris? What up, Radio World? It's your boy Eminem, aka My Mind. Yeah, money maker, the whole breaker. This is Daddy Rich, and you're listening to the Crystal Show. This is Quincy from the Talk to Q Radio Show, and you're listening to the Crystal Show. What up? This is Keith Robinson. And you're listening to The Crystal Show. Okay, you all know I had to do a spot on the Oscars. The 88th Annual Oscars 2016, which was hosted by Chris Rock and supposedly boycotted by every other black person in the world, or at least in America. These are my thoughts on the Oscars and kind of what happened, just my bits and pieces. If you've seen it, 
and you're black, good for you, number one, good for you. If you just don't like it and then, you know, wasn't going to watch anyway because you think award shows are boring and, and all that, then hey, you know, whatever. You catch the highlights. You see what happens on the news or, you know, in your blogs or in, you know, your email groups or whatever on Facebook and you'll see what you need to see. First off, let me start with Chris Rock. You know, kudos to him. He did a great job. I'm glad he didn't stop doing his job. I'm glad he didn't, you know, succumb to the pressures of peer pressure and say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, you know, not do the Oscars. There was other stars, black stars who were there. Uh, There was Libby Goldberg uh, who was there. Morgan Freeman was there. Quincy Jones, Common, John Legend. Just amazing people that that were there. They were presenting and everything. So, you know, whatever. I would like to say that Chris Rock did an amazing job. He was funny. He was hilarious. I thought, though, that the beginning was funny, but it did continue through the whole show. For those of you who didn't see the show, it continued. The kind of a racial kind of uh, joking connotations and, and, and all this continued through the show. But first, let's hear what Chris Rock, part of his, um, or most of his monologue, uh, what he had to say. Well, I'm here at the Academy Awards, uh, otherwise known as the uh, White People's Choice Awards. Uh, you realize, if they nominated hosts, I wouldn't even get this job. And people are like, Chris, you should boycott. Chris, you should quit. You should quit. You know, how, how come it's only unemployed people that tell you to quit something, huh? <laughs> it's the 88th Academy Award. The 88th Academy Award. Which means this whole no black nominees thing has happened at least 71 other times. Jada's going to boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. (laughs) I wasn't invited. (laughs) You're not allowed, somebody told me this, you're not allowed to ask women what they're wearing anymore. It's a whole thing, you know, ask her more. You have to ask her more. Now, you know, it's like, you ask the men more. Hey, everything's not sexism. Everything's not racism. They ask the men more because the men are all wearing the same outfits, okay? Every guy is wearing the exact same thing. You know, if George Clooney showed up with a lime green tux on and a swan coming out his ass, somebody would go, what you wearing, George? I mean, hilarious, right? But the thing is, he also says some other things, and he goes on and he says many different things. One thing that I thought was kind of poignant that he said, and that wasn't mentioned on the one I just, was the fact that maybe we shouldn't have, if you want black people to be recognized every single Oscars, then you need a black category, which is ridiculous, of course. And he was joking about that because it's ridiculous. And he went on to say, you really shouldn't have a female and male category for actors because they are all doing the same thing. They're acting. They're not, you're not a female actor or male actor. You're just an actor. So they really should cut that out as well. But um, I thought that was really poignant because 
when you think about it, that's kind of what's happening with the male and female situation. You know, they're separating them. So if you're going to separate them, then you you might as well separate the black. But then, do you really want to do that? My thing is, if you're going to do the whole black actors thing, you know, kind of like what they do with BET, um, the NAACP, Image Awards, and all that, uh, you know, they, they tend to, they're separating. It's only about the black actors and what they do. And, you know, I don't think that those award shows are necessarily wrong because they do have them in other, you know, other ethnicities. I think the only other one is maybe the Spanish or Latina group. They do their own kind of Latino awards, but they also have Spanish-only speaking shows and movies that, you know, may not get played in America, so it wouldn't even come here. And they probably wouldn't get featured on, like, the foreign it's not really considered foreign or whatever. So they have their own. And so, you know, the blacks have their own or whatever, or people of color or whatever. So it's like, okay, what else do you want from the Oscars? My thing is this. I think the whole boycotting thing is stupid. I I think it's stupid and it's not fucking necessary. There are too many other things that are happening in this world for blacks, for, you know, people of many ethnicities that are being harmed women, gays, you know, people are who are being, you know, tortured, terrorized, killed, murdered. These are causes that we should be standing up for. There are plenty of black causes that are still happening right now that should be addressed. Whether or not you win some goddamn gold statue, you know, to say, ooh, look at me, I'm so great. I mean, I'm sorry, but your $40 million paycheck wasn't enough. Now you need a goddamn um, statue to say that you're you're so great and you want to be at the top of the class like everybody else. Another thing that Chris Rock said in his monologue um, that I didn't include was the fact that racism in the Oscars and in Hollywood is not the same as real racism. It's like racism for being um, in a sorority or a fraternity. You know, it's like, we like you, but you're not a Kappa. <laughs> you know, we like you, but you're not a, an AKA or whatever. You know, he's saying that it's some stupid bullshit of kind of high school shit. Because it, it really is. It really is. I am sorry. And, you know, you can put your comments in the Crystal Show one at gmail.com if you want to comment on what I had to say. But I really do believe that this is stupid, stupid bullshit. It is not something worthy of our attention or boycotting now i saw of course jada um was boycotting will smith and all that they weren't there and spike lee you know this is funny spike lee stepped up and boycotted but he won an award you know he would they he had an award that he won not as a main show because the oscars they can't put every single you know oscar that they that they have out there that they give out to people on the show so they pick and choose what, you know, is relevant or what is out there. So, um, but there are other award shows that occur. Spike Lee won an award and was honored for being an amazing film director, you know, and producer and all that. He was honored this year. And he came along, um, I think his presenters, was uh, Denzel was there. Um, you know, I mean, it was like... He's honored from the Academy, but he wants to boycott the Academy. I mean, what sense does that make? And I love Spike Lee, and I love his movies, you know, and, and I love the fact that he is a, is a number one independent filmmaker to just do his thing, you know, and he's still independent, you know, because he wants to, to tell his message, and that's wonderful, and that's great, but that was your choice to do that. 
you chose not to do something so commercial that maybe it would make it to, you know, something like the Oscars. There's a formula for the Oscars. There's a formula for how it all this shit comes together and who gets chosen and who does not. And the main thing that we need to be concentrating on is opportunity. That's the main thing. Let's run down who actually won. Okay, first of all, the best movie was Spotlight. Now, Spotlight was a movie about the Catholic Church and how they molested children and boys. We all know this story. It's, it's, it's been told so many fucking times. And this particular movie is about the journalists who decided they wanted to put out this story and put a spotlight, okay, on this issue. And they had some great people in there, you know, who one is Mark Ruffalo, who I love, Michael Keaton, amazing Rachel McAdams, um, Lee Schreiber, who I love, um, John Flattery, Stanley Tucci. These are people who um, were, in, you know, were in this movie, and they did a, an amazing job. The picture won uh, the best picture of the year, so I would say take a look at it. Yeah, I don't, I didn't see any black people in this movie, but who gives a fuck? It's a really good movie. Go fucking check it out. Um, it's a, you know, it's something that talks about, you know, rape and and, and molestation and you know, and all of this from the Catholic Church. I mean, these are are major topics that we should be discussing. Things that we should be talking about and taking a look at, as opposed to worrying about some other crap. The other winners. Uh, number one for actor in a leading role, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Reverend. Of course, I love Leo. I love um, his works, you know, from the beginning. I think he's an amazing actor. I think he puts everything into his work. And he's just, he to be honored, finally, as many people have said, finally, finally, he's being honored, you know, because he is such a great actor. But he's also an actor who doesn't give a shit, which does play into the Oscars. Okay, and the Academy. You know, let me tell you something. If you don't give a shit and don't play by the certain rules, quote-unquote, or the po- uh, the politics of Hollywood, then you may not get nominated for some shit. Or you may get nominated, but your ass ain't going to win. And this is kind of what's happening with Leo. He is very vocal about he's a very he's a big environmentalist, and he doesn't play the Hollywood game. And he's, you know, so therefore, I'm sure he's been overlooked many times for the for that because people just don't want to award him because he's, you know, he, he doesn't play that Hollywood game. So finally he was awarded for this um, this movie, The Reverend. So another movie. Check it out. All these movies will be coming out within the next month or two, or a few weeks actually, on um, DVD and Blu-ray. So, you know, check it out. You know, check it out on Netflix. The Room, or Room is actually the name of the, of the uh, movie. Brie Larson won Actress in a Leading Role. The Danish Girl which is actually a pretty interesting um, movie about a, a woman who um, was involved with a man who was a crossdresser. And she didn't know that, and he was actually, you know, um, becoming a woman. I mean, these interesting topics. Bridge of Spies, of course, the, the main actor was t- um, Tom Hanks, but the actor in the supporting role was Mark Rylance, who won an Oscar for it. The Reverend won, Simon, won cinematography, directing for The Reverend. Mad Max, Mad Max kicked ass. Literally and figuratively. It kicked ass at the movie theater. This is a movie that I really didn't think. I went and saw it at the movies. Oh, the really the only way to see it. It's just, you know, it's like it's a production. I'm so glad I, I saw it at the movies. Mad Max won for costume design, for film editing, 
for makeup and hairstyling, for production design, for sound mixing. I mean, it kicked ass. It won so many friggin' awards. It was just amazing. Also, another film that won the documentary called Amy about Amy Winehouse. And it won the documentary feature award. And I'm definitely, it's on Netflix. Um, I think you have to, I don't think you can watch it on Netflix. I think you have to get the DVD right now from Netflix. Or you may see it on your on-demand or something like that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's, um, it's next on my list to be shipped out to me. Um, from Netflix, so I'm, I can't wait to see it in the next couple of days. But my thing is this: my 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 whole thing is this. Oh yes, and I have to mention Stacey Dash because she came out. They did this little skit where um, Chris Rock again. Chris Rock did the whole thing all the way through the whole show, and the sh- the Oscars is like three hours or so long. Okay, so they did like in between each time the the host comes out, you know, they do a little funny little skit or whatever. So he did, and everything was about racial divide thing regarding the Oscars. And I'm not saying that it's not important. I'm not saying that it's not important at all. But I don't think that it was that goddamn important. I really don't. I think it's something that needs to be looked at, but I don't really don't think it needs to be looked at on the Oscar level. I think it needs to be looked at on the on the production, the you know, the writing, the directing, and casting. Okay? A lot of the times, though, there are some movies that get cast. There is no other way to cast anybody except for the people. Because if you have a movie, like, for instance, you... Let's, for instance, Selma. Okay, Selma. Selma is a, is a, was an amazing movie. Of course, it's great. And, you know, Martin Luther King and the whole the whole thing or most of the actors in there were black why because it was a Selma it was about a black guy and a black situation and you know the 60s and all that stuff so most of the characters were black now when you have other movies that are historical um most of those characters may be white because those are the people that they were talking about because it was a historical piece and you can't change the race of the people to make it a you know <laughs> to make the leading character black just because you know, it's a great role. No, it has to be white because they're talking about a white person. Or like in Selma, it has to be black. You can't make Martin Luther King white just because you want a white person. I mean, you know, so, so a lot of the times with the Oscars, these are the kind of, of, of pictures that they choose. Although I was really amazed by Mad Max, although Mad Max did not make it into the into the major picture role, but um, it did win a lot of awards for the editing and design, costume design and things like that because it was an amazingly well put together film. Now, the actors did not get, I don't think um, Charlize got nominated, I'm not sure. You know, she didn't win, of course, for the major acting, even though I thought she did amazingly well. For original song, Writings on the Wall from Spectre, the music was by Jimmy Napes and Sam Smith, and, and they won on that. If you haven't seen Ex Machina, you really should see it. It's a really interesting, very good movie. It's the kind of movie you want to see twice, because you want to kind of see it, look at it, and then you want to go back and look at it again and go, okay, you know, it's that kind of a kind of a movie. But anyway, a lot of great movies out there that came up, but my thing is this, and I'm going to end with this because I can go on and on and on. I love movies. I watch the Oscars every single year. I watch it every year because 
I love movies. I'm a movie buff. I love I love watching movies. I love critiquing movies. I love talking about it. I love, you know, talking about how the acting was done, how the directing was done, the production, whether or not the CGI was good. And that's from animation to regular movies, the storyline, whether or not it worked well from the book to um, a screenplay, all of that. I'm really into movies. So for me, when I watch the Oscars, I don't go, oh, well, there's no black people here, so fuck it, I'm not going to watch. No, I don't watch movies. In fact, let me tell you something. I don't watch a lot of black movies. I do watch some black movies quite a bit, but I don't watch movies just because they happen to be black people in it, okay? (laughs) I don't. I really, really don't. I I have, actually, I've started watching more, trying to search out and find more independent movies, that you don't see, they're not blockbusters or whatever, you know, they don't talk about, you never see them anywhere, they're just probably straight to Netflix kind of a thing, and I I try to find more of those, and there's a lot of black movies that are like that, that are just straight to video, you never see them commercially, or at the theaters, they are, they straight to Netflix or something like that. So I try to watch some of those as well. However, I don't, because if it's a good story, it's a good story. And that's what I am more concerned with. The story, the acting, and how it's put together. Even if I know they don't have a great budget, you know, like X Ex, Ex Machinima, that didn't have a big budget at all. And you can tell. However, it did really, really well in, in other areas. They spent money on other areas, not necessarily on the design or that kind of stuff or the set, you know, but it did really well. It's an independent, you know, type of film. A lot of films are coming out now that are independent, that are, you know, coming from the festivals and not from major Hollywood. So you really have to search for good stuff and don't be afraid. I don't know why people are so afraid. They kind of divide themselves. And I think that's a lot of times what blacks have done and continually do. You divide yourself. You segregate yourself. And you say, I don't want to be a part of this because it's not black. Well, guess what? You have now separated yourself from 98, 98% of, of the art and, and, and movies and music and everything else that is out there. Okay? You really have. Isn't everything is, you shouldn't just pigeonhole yourself into one little part of the world or one little artistry just because some black person happened to have sung it. Just because they're black doesn't mean it's good, okay? Just because they're a great a black screenwriter or it was black produced. I mean, hell, what was that damn shit that Will Smith did after Earth? I mean, everybody said it sucked. I haven't even watched this shit because it got so many bad reviews. So it's just like, I mean, that just because he did it and he's a black person doesn't mean I have to go out and just say, hey, yeah, yeah, let's all go watch this movie. Because it's a black person's movie, no. If it sucks, it sucks. I don't care. And I know that I love... I really did like N.W.A., um, Straight Outta Compton. But I like it for many different reasons. I like it for the fact I thought the acting was really good. I thought, of course, the music was good. I thought the storyline was good. I thought it was well-written. But do I think that it should have won an Oscar? I don't know. Maybe not. But it was nominated for screenwriting, which is important. I know Chris Rock did make a... He did this whole Suge Knight thing where they had the guy who plays Suge Knight in NWA. Oh, I keep saying NWA, but it's Straight Outta Compton, the movie. The guy who played um, Straight Outta Compton, who played Suge Knight, um, was there. And they had him all in this whole get-up. It's so hilarious. Like he was coming from prison or something. And they said, because he was naming all the people who were actually there from different movies 
you know, when the movie was based off of a real person, a lot of the, some of the real people that it had been based off of were there, okay? And so they had, Suge Knight was the only person, it wasn't, of course, it wasn't Suge Knight, Suge Knight is in prison, but um, they had, you know, the actor from, you know, Suge, he played Suge Knight there, and that was hilarious, and that did speak to the fact that none of the of the guys who, um, like Ice Cube, Dre, and all of them, were not actually present. And I don't think they were even invited to the um, to the awards. So, yeah, that I'm a little pissed off about. Because, you know, why wouldn't you invite them? You know what I mean? They were nominated. And the, you know, the writers were nominated. So why wouldn't you invite you know the um the cast who they who the story was about it wasn't just actors it was, these were you know the people who who were they were about you know i mean so anyway so i'm gonna end it here because i can like i said i can go on and on and on forever the only thing i can say is this if you want good black movies or movies by about by black people whatever then you have to write it you have to write it and every goddamn story doesn't have to be about slaves and everything doesn't have to be some historical piece, you know, about, you know, um, slaves or about maids and about, you know, caregivers of little white kids. I mean, it can be a story about us, you know, and a story about just people who happen to be black instead of about a black person. And that, I think, is what is missing. You know, these are good stories that are written, but they don't necessarily have to be about a black situation. It just could be about two people, and they just happen to be black. So, but anyway, these stories have to be written. Um, We have Spike Lee. We have have Tyler Perry. You know, I mean, it's so sparse and in between of the people that we have to say, okay, these are the people who are making movies out there. But you have to be able to, as writers not just say i'm gonna write this black great black story no you have to write a good story and then you can use what whoever you want in in the movie or in the in the story itself basically it's better just to use them as just write a good story and those people in the story could be black but it's a universal story that everyone can identify with that's the key is the being able to identify with the interactions with those people and yes we do need more opportunities but i'm gonna tell you if the script is written specifically for a particular time period or whatever, then nine times out of ten, it's going to be whatever time period they're writing about or whatever um, ethnicity they're writing about. Those are the people who are going to be in in the movie. And if those writers are white, they're going to write about their experience. That's what's happening. They're writing their experience. So, if you want things to change, well, then you need to write the change yourself. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to The Crystal Show. We'd like to thank Daddy Rich and Bands for coming on to the show. It was a great interview. Make sure if you're in the Knoxville, Tennessee area, to check them out at the Hip Hop for Hunger event on April the 15th. Thanks, guys, again for listening, and peace. Two fingers. Check you next time. The Crystal Show was created, written, and hosted by Crystal Hickerson. It is produced and co-hosted by Andre Saunders. The Crystal Show is owned and operated by Trinity Productions. For more information on the show, please visit thecrystalshow.com. Thank you for listening.